Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Transformation Radio. comes from the book of Mark, chapter 7, verses 1 through 23. We'll read here today that the religious leaders sent some investigators from their headquarters in Jerusalem to check up on Jesus. The delegation didn't like what they found, however, because Jesus scolded them for keeping the law and the traditions in order to look holy instead of to actually honor God. The prophet Isaiah accused the religious leaders of his day of doing the same thing back in his book, in the book of Isaiah. Jesus used Isaiah's words to accuse these men. Mark explained these Jewish rituals because he was writing to a non-Jewish audience. Before each meal, devout Jews performed a short ceremony, washing their hands and arms in a specific way. The disciples did not have dirty hands. 
but they were simply not carrying out this traditional cleansing. The Pharisees thought this ceremony cleansed them from any contact they might have had with anything considered unclean. Jesus said they were wrong in thinking they were acceptable to God just because they were clean on the outside. Christians become like Pharisees when they worry that contact with unbelievers may leave them tainted, avoiding worldly places where sinners hang out or rejecting books or speakers whose ideas do not conform to theirs. Some Christians and some Pharisees have a lot in common. Both would try to stop Jesus from working certain places or talking to certain people. Jesus wants us to go out into the world and make contact. Jesus didn't intend for us to withdraw, purify ourselves, and never reach out. All right, let's read more about it now here in the New Testament. February 24th, the New Testament, Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 23. One day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands, as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, Why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, You skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way you let them disregard their needy parents, and so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either, he asked? Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And then he added, It is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. 
Psalm 40, verses 11 through 17. This song is a crying out of the heart to the Lord, asking God not to hold back His love, His tender mercies. This is an appeal to God's unfailing love. This psalm comes from a heart that knows God. It's also a psalm that confesses that all is not going well. It's kind of a kick in the teeth to the whole power positive thinking movement because we do have troubles and when they come we need to cry out to the Lord, not pretend that everything's all right. And then it's also a confession of sins that just pile up on us. And when sin does that, it weighs us down to the point where we actually lose our courage. And then we need to be rescued. And this psalm, of course, is a cry from the heart to the Lord. God, please come and rescue me. It's a confession that, Lord, I know I've done wrong. I know I live in a wicked world. And I know I'm totally incapable of undoing the wrongs that I've committed. Lord, unless you rescue me, I'm toast. I'm in major trouble. So much of Christianity these days is all about us putting our best foot forward, trying to convince God and everybody else around us, and even ourselves at times, how good we can be. Well, God knows better. He knows that as we go through the world, we're going to pick up sin. Sin is going to be committed against us, or we're going to commit sin against others, and we need the Lord's help. And uh, there is a much deeper word for that help, and that word is rescue. Please, Lord, come and rescue me. Don't forget me. I need your tender mercies, your caring love. Psalm 40, verses 11 through 17. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame, for they said, Aha! We've got him now! But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, The Lord is great! As for me, since I am poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in His thoughts. You are my helper and my Savior. Oh, my God, do not delay. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 13 and 14. Wise words come from the lips of people with understanding, but those lacking sense will be beaten with a rod. Wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster.
life I hold so close Oh God, I let it go I refuse to gain the world and lose my soul So take it all Today's In Touch Devotion. Today's scripture reading is John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Because there's so much deception in our world, it's essential that we become grounded in the scriptures. Some believers have accepted erroneous ideas simply because they haven't incorporated truth into their thinking and lifestyle. But how do we go about building a firm foundation of righteousness? The first step is to recognize that going to church and listening to sermons is not enough. You need a desire and commitment to letting God's Word shape your mind, emotions, and will. Think of an area of need, interest, or struggle in your life. Now, find a passage in the Bible that addresses that situation. For example, if someone has hurt you, find verses about forgiveness. 
If you don't know where to look, check a concordance or the back of your Bible for a subject list. As you read the passage, look for God's instructions and begin doing what He says. Then observe the results. What has the Lord done in your life? Did you discover anything new about Him or His ways? Once you've experienced the benefits of obedience in that area, you'll be ready to apply what the Lord reveals about other aspects of your life. A good way to plant these truths firmly in the heart is to write them down and review them regularly. One benefit of building truth into your life is freedom. Areas of sin or feelings of insecurity and inadequacy hamper us in so many ways. But when we believe Scripture and act on its truth rather than on the basis of our emotions or desires, we'll realize that the Lord can overpower whatever holds us captive.
Today's word on Minute with Maxwell is maximize. Hi, my name is John Maxwell. Sherry Ho, who is a revenue account manager in Singapore, sent in this word. Uh, there's a book called Strength Finders by Marcus Buckingham that I think is a life-changing book. It really uh, helped me. And in it, he helps you find your strengths. And, and I, out of reading that, took the test, and I have five major strengths. And the word maximize really goes to one of my strengths because one of the five things I am is I'm a maximizer. In other words, I had the ability to take something and, and pull out of whatever that something is or someone and pull out whoever that someone is all the potential possible for that individual. That's what a maximizer is. A person that maximizes things takes what is and makes it better. It increases. It expands. It's a great word. In fact, in my certification program on the John Maxwell team, that's what I endeavor to do all the time. Those who want to coach, those who want to speak, those who want to train. Every day I ask myself a simple question. How can I, through the curriculum, through the teachers, through the, through the program, through myself, how can we maximize a person's potential? Because I think there is nothing better than getting the best out of yourself except, except getting the best out of others. That's what the John Maxwell team is all about it. And I would like you to join it. Just putting on the Ritz There's thunder in his footsteps And lightning in his fists And the Lord wasn't joking When he kicked him out of Eden It wasn't for no reason That he shed his blood His return is very close And so you better be believing That our God is an awesome God And created the light awesome Judgment and wrath He poured out on Sodom The mercy and grace He gave us at the cross I hope that we have not too quickly forgotten That our God is an awesome God Our God
your face tonight. If that's your cry, just lift your hands. God, we've come to meet with you tonight. Our soul cries out to you. Our flesh cries out to you. We want to know you. We want to encounter you in a deeper way. Just lift your voice in your own words. Begin to lift up your hunger. Lift up your hunger. Lift up your voice. God, let us be known as a generation who seeks your face. Let us be known as a generation who calls after your name.
for this day. We're gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire, will burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you. Open up the floodgates. Almighty river flowing from your heart. Filling every part of our praise. Your presence in this place. Your glory on our face. We're looking to the sky. Descending like a cloud. You're standing with us now. Lord, unveil our eyes. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. So open
something beautiful Created me a clean, clean heart Created me a work of art Created me a miracle Something real and something For today's podcast, tune in tomorrow for another edition of Transformation Radio.